This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Live and local from the 237 Roof Studios in Upper Lafayette, this is Acadiana's number one sports station, 1037 The Game. Streaming live on 1037thegame.com and on the free 1037 The Game mobile app. It's Saturday. It's time! Time to take a walk on the wild side and get your Saturday started with an inside look under the dome with the world-famous CD. Do you know who I am? I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. On 103.7 The Game. Welcome, everyone, to the must-listen-to Saturday morning sports talk show in all of Acadiana, and that is Under the Dome with the famous CD. Oh, hey, that's me. You know, definitely a lot of great things to get to on this Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, I should say. We're getting ready for a, another big weekend in the world of sports. And, of course, live, as always, from the 237 Roof Studios. And I've got a lot of things i got to get off my chest. Some people have already gotten some stuff off of their chest. I'll give you the deets in just a little bit. But, of course, it's the weekend. There's a lot of things going on. And just to give you a little idea of what is going down this weekend, we always like to do this to start off. Every show and give you an idea of what's on tap. All right, here's what's on tap for this weekend. I think obviously the biggest thing everybody's talking about is LSU baseball. They just want to get the hell out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. They want to leave that place far behind. I think it's safe to say that this team has given up. Up. And I feel like I'm probably going to get a lot of calls in the Arco Equipment Hotline. 337-706-0111 is where you want to, want to be if you want to talk some LSU baseball. Because, my goodness, it feels like to me this team has lost its way and has given up. And it, it doesn't seem like that on the surface to some people. But guess what? That's exactly what happened. After you had things go the way it did against Ole Miss, is you kind of build the momentum back with an incredible rally, unprecedented rally, and then you kind of see wrap the bed at the top of the 10th, it became a point where it's like, no matter what we do, you can't we can't win. I feel like that's the way a lot of guys were looking at it. And that's not a knock against them at all. I feel like, in fact, that's probably an accurate statement considering everything that's happened involving LSU all season long. It feels like no matter what they do, they're still going to wind up losing at the end of the day, and maybe, just maybe, the team has already given up, and that's not the way they need to look at things. I'll tell you exactly why that's not the way to look at things. When you're the LSU Tigers, a team with a lot of expectations, we talk about it all the time, Omaha or bust. Honestly, they're sitting at the blackjack table with 23 because they've busted. They, they are pretty much, I feel like, out of that contention of being one of those teams to get it done. There's no rally possum available. Nothing like that. And honestly, I just have to say, this is going to wind up being a tough pill to swallow for some people, but I can't see them making it past the regional now. And about a couple days ago, I was saying, I think they could have. I think they definitely had a chance to, because I feel like they can bounce back and get things done against an Arkansas team they've been able to win series consistently against. In fact, this is the first time Arkansas won the series against LSU since 2011. You heard me right. Since 2011, Arkansas wound up winning a series against the LSU Tigers, be it at Fayetteville, be it in Alec Box Stadium. 
honestly, I can tell you right now, it just feels like to me, this team is one word. I think I could do a one word description of them. I think this puts it best. I mean, they are incredibly soft. Charmin tissue soft, honestly, because I think they've got a guy, Paul Maneri, who, mind you, I think I've mentioned this before, he sounds like the guidance counselor from Beavis and Butthead. The guy is not exactly the best in the world of being a... He's a great motivator, but I think he he isn't able to motivate his guys. He's too busy laughing, joking around with Todd Peterson. Being, Hi, I'm Todd Peterson. You know, that's just basically how Paul Maneri is. He's, he's a nice guy. But sometimes you got to stop being the nice guy. You got to have a little fire and give this t- team the chewing out they deserve after losing five straight games. You heard me right. Five straight games. That's not how you get things done. That's not how you win ball games. That's not, that's not how you win a series and be able to make it to Omaha. Look at a lot of the guys that they love to bring out every now and again. I mean, a couple weeks ago, you had the 2009 team out there, and they saw LSU get their asses handed to them. This is not a good team on the surface, and it feels like it's also the fact that they just don't have a true identity. They don't have anything going for them at all when you look at what the LSU Tigers have done all season long. He did that against with arguably one of the best teams in college baseball history, the 2009 LSU team. You had them in the stands watching you get your behinds handed to you by an Ole Miss Rebels team that you should have handled. I mean, look back at the Mizzou series. You should have won at least two out of the three there. Honestly, it's disappointing to see what's happened with LSU's program over the last few months. It is frustrating to me to see that. Hopefully, they can get things back on the right track, but it feels like, honestly, this train has gone off the tracks. A lot of that has to do with a lot of the players I think in Major League Two said it best, no marbles. You know, you have no, you have no marbles. Marbles? Marbles. You have no marbles. They have no huevos, no marbles. It is just frustrating to see. As somebody who wants to see LSU succeed, because honestly, that means I get more to talk about when it comes to LSU. A couple weeks from now, I got to have nothing to talk about with college baseball except from a national perspective, and that's not necessarily ideal radio, but it is what it is. It's just frustrating to me. And then, of course, other things going on this weekend. Cajun softball, they're getting ready to win another Sun Belt title because it feels like they're going to wind up, they're going to the winner of Coastal Carolina and ULM, as you heard in the two-minute drill that I did as well. But I have to say, this is just really cool stuff. Jerry Glasgow going in, and I'd say shooting from the hip here when it comes to the RPI protection bracket that the Sunbelt Conference has, which is confusing as all hell, first of all. Second of all, it's an absolute mess. And his tweet says it best. Why do we go single elimination at the beginning of the conference tournament and then double elimination in the middle and then single elimination at the end of the tournament? I was told RPI protection. Well, this year shows... Just play ball. Jerry Glasgow off the top rope going Macho Man Randy Savage with an elbow drop on the Sun Belt Conference. Thankfully, he's not in the NBA or the NFL or maybe the MLB. I don't know if they find him for questioning umpires in the MLB because I'm sure that happens way more often than not. But I know in the NBA and the NFL, you complain about you critique 
the the officials, you're going to wind up getting a little little slip in the mail a couple weeks from then, and you wind up having to pay a $30,000 fine or what have you after your complaint has been lodged. But honestly, he's got a valid point and a valid gripe. Glasgow off the top rope, Macho Man Randy Savage style. Fantastic stuff on the RPI protection bracket, which is just a dumb idea and it's a dumb word. And then, of course, we got UFC 237 tonight. It is going to be one hell of a card. Obviously, I think one of the big things everybody's looking forward to is seeing Anderson Silva take on Jared Cannonier. Could this be the last ride for Anderson Silva? Also, Jose Aldo going to be in one of the other undercard fights, and that's going to be one hell of a one hell of a fight. And then also the main event, Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas in a women's strawweight match, the main event of the evening. And you'll be able to check it all out with us over at Twin Peaks on Johnson and I eat, drink, scenic views, and trust me, all the fighting you could ask for. It's going to be an awesome one. As the weekend jumps off, UFC 237 is something I'm looking forward to along with all the baseball going on. Cajuns baseball against Georgia State. They want them getting the win. The way the Cajuns love to do it, and that is get it done with small ball. Definitely not exactly the way I would love to do it, but it is what it is. But honestly, I've enjoyed what I've seen from the Cajuns the last couple of weeks. They've got the marbles right now. They've got the huevos, and they are getting things done from that aspect. And the last thing really on tap this weekend is Saints minicamp. It is underway, ladies and gentlemen, and there's a lot of things to talk about when it comes to that. I am absolutely loving what's going on with the Saints draft. And that brought up a big poll question up on Twitter right now. And I gave you three options. The fourth one is other. I want you to reply with what Saints rookie you're most looking forward to seeing this season. And I took I picked three choices. Eric McCoy, the second round pick out of Texas A&M. Potentially could be the heir to the throne that Max Unger left behind when he retired. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson safety out of Florida or a wide receiver in Emmanuel Butler will he want to causing a lot of intrigue and being one of those guys that can be in a big role going forward because I think he definitely has that opportunity to be a big dog that's going to hunt and I'll tell you right now I am absolutely looking forward to seeing that one coming up in the next like 24 to 48 hours see what's going to happen with this Saints minicamp and see the end of results looking forward to it hopefully you're looking forward to the show as well and it is a big one and that coming up in just a few minutes we'll take a break in a little bit we'll have Braden Hawkins the latest raging Cajuns commit we'll have him on the big dog on campus he just recently committed he's had a long road to get to here we'll talk to him about that and a whole lot more at 10 15 10 30 we'll go to Arkansas more specifically Little Rock Arkansas to talk about that guy Ben Creighton about the Arkansas Razorbacks, and what they've done lately to get things done on the diamond when you look at Arkansas baseball, what's gone wrong for LSU, and could this be a team with Arkansas who was one out last year from winning a national title, and could they be in contention again this year? Definitely could be an interesting one. And then finally, 11.30, Blaine Henry, my new MMA analyst, have him on to preview UFC 237 and a whole lot more. That is just going to be one hell of a lineup over the next two hours. So keep it locked because I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of today's show. So I enjoy, I'm enjoying the heck out of it already because honestly, we got a lot on tap. And that's what's the tap with the show. 
Let me know what's on tap for your weekend. 337-706-0111. We got a guest coming up again. Braden Hawkins coming up in just a few minutes. In the meantime, in the between time, just keep it locked right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. Under the Dome just keeps rolling on. Next. Under the Dome with CD is a show for all the degenerates out there. You make your rules and we will break them. Let's get back to the famous CD who will break it all down for us. Yeah. On 103.7 The Game. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD. Oh, that's me right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 Game and 103.7thegame.com. And let's hurry up and get on over to the Arco Equipment Hotline. Absolutely thrilled and honored to have on the latest commit for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, a quarterback. My goodness, a long road to Louisiana. And honestly, proud to have him aboard the Arco Equipment Hotline right now. Braden Hawkins, what's going on, man? What's up? How you doing? I am doing fantastic, and I mentioned it's a long road to Lafayette, Louisiana. Why don't you run us through your road to here from high school onward? Okay, yeah. So uh, out of high school, I signed with uh, UTEP where I went with uh, Coach Canellis that was at Tennessee. He recruited me to come to uh, – he recruited me while he was at Tennessee, and I ended up going to UTEP with him. Uh, I was there spring and summer, had a coaching change, well, like a system change, not a coaching change and um, decided to leave there, and then I got to Maryland, which was, uh, everyone knows the deal, what happened there, um, and then I sat down with my family while I was at Maryland and decided that wasn't really the best place for me to be. We couldn't figure out who the coach was going to be, so that's why we decided to leave Maryland, and uh, I was at Northwest for this semester. I got to Northwest in January. I started January 18th, and then... I went to UL for their spring game. Well, I taught the coach over here, Coach Napier, after that for a little bit. Then came back on my official. They offered me while I was there. And then I committed about two days after that. And you bring in the thing you've committed in the last couple of days. You know, the big question that we ask all the time with a lot of recruits, what was that light bulb moment you had where, you know, when you kind of just were being visiting or maybe at the spring game, you realized this would be a place where you kind of plant your roots more long-term after kind of, jump around from different universities? So when I was sold was when me and my family sat down with Coach Napier in his office and we talked to him the last day. And that's when I was sold. And just how smart he is and how much he cares about you just as a person, not just football. And how I was going to get coached while I was there for the next three or four years. And that's what really sold me on going to UL. Talking right now with Braden Hawkins, one of the biggest commits for the Cajuns in terms of quarterbacking. And my goodness, the dude has just – I watched the film recently. And my goodness, you are one heck of a stud. And one of the big talking points that I've had as of late is the crowded quarterback room right now. You look at it, especially once you get some of these class of 2019 commits over and you're going to be a part of that room. What separates you from the other quarterbacks that are in that locker room right here right now? Um, I think it's just 
I think the IQ of the game, I think the way that I know the game and the way I look at it and take it and the way I play is just going to be different than everyone else. And next thing I want to talk to you about, I mean, you brought the spring game and definitely you want to get a good look at the offense in that spring game. What are your observations about that offense? Um, I really like the system. I think what Coach Napier is doing with the system is really good in the way he's uh, changed it over the last year. Talk right now with Braden Hawkins, Raging Cajuns quarterback commit. And one of the big talking points with the Cajuns in this current regime, a lot more so than maybe in past regimes, has been something Billy Napier calls culture with UL obviously capitalized. If you see it on Twitter, the hashtag is literally in almost every tweet that he puts out. But what does it mean to you considering how many places you've been in the past in terms of being able to have a that kind of culture in there that Billy Napier and his staff has established? Oh, yeah. So, um, so culture, yeah, he really lives by that. And not just him, the whole staff and the whole team and the whole – everyone – lives by that and it's such a great atmosphere and everyone feels like family there that's some awesome stuff right there from Braden Hawkins latest commit for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and now we're, now we're getting a little more lighter sided here because I feel like having a little fun with you because I know you wound up traveling here you wound up having a little food you said you enjoyed the food a lot so what was your favorite food that you had during the weekend whenever you visited UL's campus yeah so my favorite meal I had when I was there was actually my first night at uh is it Zay's? Wait, what, 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 With, what was uh, the chicken and the ribs? Yeah, that was my favorite meal while I was there. Nice, nice. Yeah, I can imagine that's some good stuff right there. But man, definitely a lot of great things going on with Cajuns football, and you're definitely one of the latest guys to join in. And you know, like, does that intimidate you? I talked about the quarterback room, and a lot of these guys. It's a crowded house. You got Jave Magale, you got Levi Lewis, you're gonna have Chandler Fields, a guy that wanted to be in touted as one of the next big things to join Cajuns football, and now you're going to be joining in on that. Are you a little intimidated with the amount of quarterbacks in the room right here right now? No, sir, not at all. I feel where it doesn't matter if I I go to Lafayette or if I was at LSU, I'm going to have to compete wherever I go, so that doesn't intimidate me. Competition doesn't intimidate me. I've been doing it my whole life. I absolutely love that, Braden. Thanks so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road because I feel like you've got some big things. Well, one more question, one more question. I'm going to flip it over. When are you coming on campus? Uh, I will be on campus June 1st. Nice, nice. And, you know, just, just how to, I know this is probably something we could talk about off air, but, you know, I, once again, I appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, that was Braden Hawkins. One of the latest Cajuns commits, and my goodness, just such a wealth of information from him. Honestly, absolutely love it. And I mentioned the fact that this is a guy that can wind up being an absolute stud for this team. Go look at the film. It's up on 247 Sports, Huddle, you name it. You got it. It is just amazing, the dude's talent. He is on another level, and I can't wait to see how he does because I mentioned it. You've got a huge, like, quarterback room right now and that's saying something before summer camp gets started once a lot of these other guys join in obviously Chandler Fields is going to be coming over you got Jave Magale you've got Clifton McDowell you got Levi Lewis it is a ridiculously stacked quarterback room compared to what we've seen in the past where it's like oh hey you've got two quarterbacks and you've got two quarterbacks now you got multiple quarterbacks that you can wind up choosing from like I'm just going to r- rattle off some names real quick of quarterbacks Obviously, I'm not going to mention 
this is a, not a dig against them with Jake Arsenault or Bo Kalbacher, but I think those guys compared to a Levi Lewis, a Javi Magale, Clifton McDowell, Chandler Fields, and now Braden Hawkins, former, he was part of UTEP, Maryland, a JUCO. He's had a long road and it's been a weird road, but honestly, hopefully this road leads to him having a lot of success with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns down the line because he's going to be one hell of a hand to have handy. And it's going to be just amazing to see what they can do with a lot of the guys they have. Like right now they got potentially, like I'd say, at least in my mind, I could be completely wrong about this. You've got potentially like five guys that could probably wind up starting for a for an FBS program. And that's saying something. Because I feel like Levi Lewis, he's a guy who can wind up performing at a very high level. He's got one more year left. I know he's I think he's going to be graduating very, very soon. He's going to be wrapping up his collegiate career in the not-too-distant future, and then you kind of give the reins over to whoever's going to come out of that quarterback room as the big dog going forward because, obviously, Magale is going to be a guy you want to wind up looking at. Clifton McDowell out of Spring, Texas. He looked really good in the spring game as well. And then, obviously, Chandler Fields, Brayton Hawkins. You haven't seen what they got just yet, and I'm honestly super intrigued when it comes to what happens with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and their team. And every year I do a position preview. My goodness, I'm going to have a lot of fun with the first one and breaking down the quarterbacks for him. Because honestly, I feel like it's Levi Lewis's job to lose at this point because he feels like he's just locked in as that guy. But with all the players that he be coming in and all the guys that are already there and want to make a pretty good impression on the fan base and some of the media people during spring practice, I got to say, I am very, very excited when it comes to that. Looking forward to seeing what Billy Napier and his staff wind up doing. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break in just a moment. 10.30, in just a few minutes, in fact, Ben Creighton, he'll be jumping on the show, talk about Arkansas and how they've just been dominant. The home run derby that would happen on Thursday night, then their big six-run eighth inning on Saturday, on Friday, excuse me, and then tonight, or this afternoon, I should say, they're going to wrap up their series up against the LSU Tigers. You'll hear it right here on 103.7 The Game. We'll talk to him about that and a whole lot more. And we're definitely going to get lighter-sided with him as well. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD. That's me, right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. Also, the free mobile app powered by Visit Avery Island. The famous CD is a five-tool player of sports talk. He can talk about a lot of different things, even some soccer. You Manchester United sports. Sing the Manchester United song. Okay, maybe not soccer. Back to Under the Dome on 1037 The Game. Welcome back to the producers right here on a Kate under the dome, excuse me, right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 the game and 1037thegame.com. It's an old habit I cannot seem to break. But, you know, whenever you have a guest on that's been on that show in the past, it's kind of hard to break that habit. And we're going to talk with Ben Creighton right now. He, he 
talks all things involving Arkansas sports, Little Rock, Arkansas, Fox 16 News. The man was actually covering some Arkansas baseball recently. The dude knows his stuff. And honestly, I love having him on. He's on the Arco Equipment Hotline right now. What's going on, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Great to finally be back on the show again. It's great to have you back on the show. Now, the last time we tried having you on, things just didn't necessarily work out. It is what it is. But we got to start things off talking about Arkansas baseball. My goodness, that team was just on fire Thursday night. It looked like it was just Ken Griffey on the N64 home run derby style <laughs> on Thursday night. Uh, no question about it. And you're, you, you know, you're seeing an Arkansas team who's one of the best offensive teams in the entire country, top 15 and in runs, batting average, and like you just said a second ago, home runs. They know how to launch the long ball, and you know that that makes it difficult for opposing pitchers when you go up against this potent Arkansas offense. You know, one through nine, they have hitters that can just like not only get it done in the park, but also out of the park as well. I can't. I, I've lost track of how many home runs they've hit this year, but this is a very dangerous offense. And it's an offense that I feel like, you know, has definitely a lot of motivation from last year. You were one out away that, that dropped foul ball wound up being one of the big reasons why they wound up losing in the College World Series last year, the final. And it feels like this team is definitely extra motivated. Do you, you see that as well? Yeah, I definitely do. The, the one big thing that we kind of talked about during the offseason is that you look at all the guys that they lost from last year's College World Series team, like, Blaine Knight and Carson Shaddy, and there was obviously all that talk of, you know, maybe this team won't be as good as that team last year that made it, you know, one out away from winning a national championship. But you know Dave Van Horn is going to bring in great players to, you know, really have a great season, and that's what Dave Van Horn has been able to do. Obviously you have guys coming back like Casey Martin and Heston Kerstad, but you have new players like uh, Christian Franklin and Trevor Ezell who have really broken out for this Razorback squad. But you could definitely tell that, you know, what happened, unfortunately, last year against Oregon State kind of left a bitter taste in their mouths. I know they kind of have tried to move on from that, but, I mean, just suffering a heartbreaking loss like that, I mean, it's not going to go away easily for the guys who were on that team last year. But they're out for vengeance this year. There's no question about that. And you can see it as, they actually have a better record right now at this point of the season as they did last year. So uh, they're definitely eyeing not only another trip to Omaha, but I think they're they're eyeing obviously you know the hoist that trophy for the first time. It's definitely impressive when you look at what Arkansas has been able to do as of late. I mean, you look at the series they've had against LSU, six runs last night. I definitely have to say one of the big players in that has to be Heston Kerstad. The dude just has been phenomenal all series. Obviously, Dominic Fletcher has been looking really well, good as well, but. What can you tell me about Kerstad and what he's been able to do, not only in this series, but all season? You know, Heston Kerstad, you know, we saw it last year and we've seen it this year as well. You know, I think he was hitting in that five spot the last couple of games. But, you know, like you saw, he's one of those guys that can really, you know, launch it over the fence, you know, the entire season. He provides that middle-of-the-lineup power that Dave Van Horn is looking for. And, you know, like I said before, it's not just Heston Kerstad. You can find power and great hitting at every spot of that Arkansas lineup, one through nine. But, you know, like I said before, Heston Kerstad really knows to be a patient hitter. He's going to have, you know, definitely a a professional career coming up uh, for sure, definitely. And, uh, you know, it it really helps him, you know, to have other great hitters in the lineup as well. And what's the vibe like over there in Fayetteville? This is the first time in seven uh, seven or eight years they've won a winning a series. What's the vibe like over there near Baum Stadium? 
Oh man, it's it's been almost sold out the first two games, and I saw in today's game actually the the series finale is completely sold out. Like somebody tweeted a picture like over an hour ago at 9 a.m. Central Time, and there's already a long line looking to get into the stadium, and we're still you know right at this point over two and a half hours away from first pitch of the game three of that series. Fans are excited. Um, you know, obviously, anytime. Arkansas plays LSU in Fayetteville. It's going to be a big crowd just because of that rivalry between those two programs. But also, I think there was also an extra sense of, hey, especially after that game one win, maybe this is finally the year where we finally break that streak of losing to LSU since 2011. And, you know, that's what Arkansas was able to do last night. And like I said before, fans were lining all the way out, like even like a block away outside of Baumwalker Stadium, like hours, I mean hours before the game started, and they're doing the same this morning. So um, it's been a crazy scene up in Fayetteville. There's no question about it. And, you know, we're talking about this game between the series between LSU and Arkansas, and I, I want to get an outsider's perspective on things when you look at LSU baseball. What do you think has been the biggest issue with this team? And you were, you've watched the last two ball games. You've seen it just be, be demoralizing losses. What do you think, think has been the biggest issue? I definitely think it's pitching, and uh, you know, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I know their pitching staff's kind of banged up a yep. little bit right now. I know that's kind of taken a little bit of toll on this Tigers team, and obviously, you've seen it with the, the Razorback hitting you've seen in the first two games. So I definitely say that's kind of kind of been the downfall for LSU right now. I know last night um, Eric Walker, he was the starter for LSU last night, kind of had a good outing going. You know, he's he's kind of been labeled as the the hog killer for the last years because he's done so well against Arkansas but you know outside of him I mean the pitching just hasn't really been that good so far for, for LSU I think that's definitely an astute observation there Ben Creighton talking Arkansas Razorbacks is a sports reporter for Fox 16 News and it's the series finale tonight I think LSU wants to just get the hell out of Fayetteville today but they've got one more game First pitch, 1 o'clock, pregame, 12.30, right here on 103.7 Game. You'll hear all the action. But what's the kind of expectations for the pitcher this afternoon? Because that was TBA heading into today. Heading into today. Well, for Arkansas, um, they're probably going to go with their, their freshman, Connor Nolan, who uh, has been performing very well the last couple of weeks. Kind of started his freshman campaign a little rough. I think he was just trying to adjust to the college game and maybe, you know, maybe trying to shake off a little bit of those freshman jitters a little bit, but he has really bounced back in the last couple of weeks, had a great outing, and I mean like an outstanding outing against Mississippi State uh, a couple of weeks ago, had another great outing last week against uh, Kentucky, and, you know, he's been rolling in the last couple of weeks. He's finally starting to, to find his groove, but, um, you know, this will be a big one for him. His first matchup against LSU, big rivalry. I'm, I'll be interested to see how he does today on the bump. I think yeah, I'd be interested as well, considering the fact that it feels like LSU's offense has been very, very consistent at times. But then again, you look at what's happened on Thursday night; they won't only wound up managing to get a couple runs across, weren't able to get things done. It felt like after that rally against Ole Miss on last Sunday, it feels like the offense hasn't necessarily been able to step their game up. What can you say? Can this? Pitching staff be able to get around this offense because they want to getting things done last night, but wasn't enough. Yeah, and the one thing about Connor Nolan, I'll say, is that when he was struggling a little bit, you know, offenses really took advantage of him. I mean, they they were 
getting them out of the like the second or third innings because you know they were teeing off on him and putting up some runs early. So you know if you look at this LSU team, we like you said before, we know how offensively they can be, how good offensively they can be. You know I'm looking at that if they're if they're going to have a bounce back win and try to avoid a sweep, I think this might be the guy where maybe. They try to get that offense going once again because even though Connor Nolan has been solid over the last couple of weeks, he did show early on that you know he ha- didn't really do that well against opposing offenses. So if LSU does want to get out of Fayetteville with at least one win in this series, then I think this is the guy that they 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 need to you know really take advantage of at the plate. Changing things up a little bit before I let you go, Ben. I saw last night right after the game you want to go and catch Detective Pikachu now. Chat me up here. What was that like? Um, well, you know, you know me. I, I grew up in the nineties. You know, I same was, here. I know. I, I when Pokemon exploded, I was like seven, eight years old. So I was like right in the perfect age. And when that movie was announced, I'm like, yeah, you know, I may be like in my mid twenties now, but yeah, I gotta go see it. So my girlfriend and I went last night after we were done with work and. I'll be honest with you, and I, I'm, I'm not just saying this. I'm not biased at all. I'm not saying this through nostalgia glasses or anything. It was actually, it was actually a pretty good movie. It actually was. So, nice. you know, if, if if you grew up with it, then I, I do recommend going to see it because it, it was actually a pretty good movie. I'm not just saying that, you know, being biased because I grew up with it or anything. If even if you didn't see it, it it's still a good, uh, a good plot and a good story. And plus, it's just interesting to hear Ryan Reynolds' voice <laughs> coming out of. Pikachu, which is still kind of weird, but but it made it work. Exactly, and it, it's making me wonder, can they do the same with Sonic? Oh, boy. They have a lot to work, a lot of work to do on that one. They have a lot of work to do on that one. I think that's uh, an understatement. Least, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're at least redesigning Sonic, because I remember watching that trailer for the first time, and I saw his design, and even I was like, oh, oh. What are they doing? You know, I mean, that's just me. But I'm glad that they are redesigning him. And I don't know. But overall, that movie does have a lot of work. And that that will be an interesting project. I mean, you're talking about the trailer. Why Gangsta's Paradise in the background? That's what I've been wondering this entire time. I I wondered that the same thing, too. I was like, how does this match? I mean, I I don't understand how this coincides with song. I don't know. I, I don't get it. Like I said, the whole trailer just baffled me. So... I mean, hope it'll be interesting to see how you know how they how they fix all that. Ben, I appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. All right, that was Ben Creighton. You can follow him on Twitter, Ben underscore Creighton TV, giving us the Arkansas perspective. And my goodness, absolutely loved the fact that he's in the same boat as I am. Doesn't know what the hell's going on with the trailer for. Sonic the Hedgehog, and why the hell we heard Gangsta's Paradise in the background. Like, didn't, like, Weird Al just get mad? Uh, Coolio get mad at Weird Al for playing, for sampling in that and using it as Amish Paradise? But he's okay with Gangsta's Paradise being used for a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay. What, I guess he needs some, uh, some residuals, some royalty checks. It is what it is. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD, where we're always living most of our lives inside the 237 Roof Studios. Not quite a gangster's paradise. The numbers don't lie. 
Because when you listen to Under the Dome with CD, your knowledge of sports increases by 141 and two-thirds percent. Now, let's get back to the genetic freak of sports talk. Fat! On Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. It looks like some bad weather is hitting towards San Marcos, Texas because, well, they have a bit of a lightning delay and I think the Sunbelt Twitter account said it best. Ugh. Why? 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 Seriously, that's like exactly what I'm feeling right now. Why did this have to happen? It's just not exactly the best way to start off the final day of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament with some torrential weather hitting San Marcos. I know some is going to wind up probably making its way over to Lafayette, Louisiana over the next, I'd say, couple of hours. I believe 145 is when some expected thunderstorms could wind up hitting. I'm far from meteorologist. I'll just try and play one on the radio. And hopefully that doesn't interfere with any ball games, especially when it comes to the Cajuns. And they're trying to keep things going in their series against Georgia State. At least get two out of three in there because it's going to be tough to get a doubleheader in on Sunday. Considering the fact that it is a getaway day because it is Georgia State. And you have to start. I know Robichaud talked about it last night after the game. And basically said that you probably have to wind up playing at 8 a.m. on Sunday in the first game of a doubleheader, and I think that's definitely not what he wants to do whenever you have senior day festivities, you got all that going on, and then you've got, as well, Sunday, Mother's Day. You want to wind up having that kind of moment. It's just, it's not exactly the way you want to wind up spending Mother's Day having two games, a doubleheader in the ballpark on that particular day. I know that's not exactly how I'd want to spend my Mother's Day with my with my family. I'm and honestly, that's just something I think a lot of people would not be a huge fan of when it comes to Cajuns baseball having a two-game series coming up this weekend, having a doubleheader on Sunday. I think they'd be like, you know what, we'll just play one more game. But they have to get all these in because you want to wind up securing a spot in that sub conference tournament because that is far from a given right now because, I'm sure, at this moment, they are ranked – 10th in the Sunbelt Conference overall standings, which is not exactly where anybody expected them to be. They expected them to be a two-seed because the one and two seats are going to be your winners of the West and East divisions, regardless of how the records kind of work out. And honestly, this is just, just fantastic stuff, and I'm looking forward to just a great great weekend when it comes to the, the Cajuns. If they can want to get it done this weekend up against a, let's say, less than ideal program like Georgia State and then head into Monroe with a lot of momentum, you can really set yourself up for success and make sure you get into that tournament. Because, again, it's never it's not really a given, and that's a sad thing. Because if the Cajuns in two weeks' time don't get it done, don't secure that 10 seed, even if you have a 10 seed, honestly, I think you could probably wind up making a run to where you could possibly – wind up ending your season on a little bit of a higher note than, you know, you lose out the next five games and you go home and you're watching the Sunbelt Conference Tournament 
from the locker room in Lafayette, Louisiana, instead of, you know, out there in Conway, South Carolina, bookending your month and trying to get some measure of revenge after the way the series ended back in back last weekend when they were in Conway, South Carolina, taking on the Chanticleers. 337-706-0111-337-706-0111. You can call us up on the Arco Equipment Hotline anytime between now and 1130 when I have Blaine Henry on. You can talk about LSU baseball and how they have no marbles. They definitely are Charmin tissue soft. And how just pop on this entire season has been for LSU. If you want to rant and rave about LSU, Arco Equipment Hotline wide open. 337-706-0111. In the meantime, I mentioned it when I was talking about what's on tap. My goodness, we got a lot on tap. And one of the things is the 2019 rookie minicamp for the New Orleans Saints. It began yesterday and it's definitely still going on right now. And there's a lot of names out there. Obviously, when you look at their signed players for the draft picks, all those guys are secured. Caden Ellis, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Saquon Hampton, Alizé Mack, which is just an awesome name, tight end out of Notre Dame. Don't know if he can wind up being an impact player. But, of course, the one everybody's talking about, number 78, Eric McCoy, the second-round pick out of Lufkin, Texas. The dude has got some stamina, and I'm looking forward to see what he can wind up doing. Obviously got some other participants under contract. JT Barrett for the 15th time he's on the roster. Some highlights right there. I mentioned in the poll question, Emmanuel Butler out of Northern Arizona. That's a guy a lot of people, a lot of the experts, I know my guy Ross Jackson, who I really should have on closer to training camp. We'll talk to him about that. Emmanuel Butler is a guy that a lot of people have a lot of hype around. He's going to be somebody you need to keep an eye on. Carl Granderson out of Wyoming. He's somebody that could be maybe some depth down the line. Outside of that, not really a whole lot of names. Just pop off the paper whenever you just look at them. Because it feels like a lot of the stuff... It's already kind of secure. You know what's going to happen. You know who's going to be starting pretty much in all the positions except for one. I think it's the one everybody is talking about, and that's center. Because that's not necessarily a given at any given point when you look at a lot of the guys they have. Because Eric McCoy, I think, is the guy that's going to wind up getting the starting position. But he's got to learn at an accelerated pace if he wants to do that because it's definitely. Going to be a bit of a climb for him, especially where you're up against a couple of the best defensive players in the league. I think this is going to be one hell of a test for him. And down the line, when you look at the New Orleans Saints, rookie minicamp is going to be a fun one to see what's happening there. Of course, OTA is going on as well. I know a lot of seeing this on Twitter yesterday. This is more Dallas Cowboys related. But my goodness, Dak Prescott having a lot of fun with a rookie He's going to just walk him by. His, his thing is, rookies are using the main team's locker room, the 53-man roster's locker room. And one of them was using Dak Prescott's locker. And at one point during an interview, he's sitting down in that locker room in that little cubby hole, I guess. All of a sudden, Dak walks in. Guy immediately gets up. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, and I think Dak just said to me, be like, chill, bro. You're good. I'm just grabbing my chair. I'm just grabbing my hat. That's what he was doing. He's just grabbing a hat and walking away. I just had to laugh at that, like that moment where it's like, oh, no, I'm, I messed up. What did I do? But it's like it's honestly just him trying to get used to being a, a new member of a team. It's definitely something you need to kind of get used to. It's a rough transition. But we're about to take a quick commercial break. I appreciate 
Of course, Brayden Hawkins coming on at 10-15. Ben Creighton just a little while ago talking Arkansas baseball. Also, Detective Pikachu, because why the hell not? It's my show. I can talk about what I want. And then 11-30, we'll have Blaine Henry talking UFC 237. By the way, we're going to be out at Twin Peaks on Johnston tonight enjoying the eats, the drinks, the scenic views, but I think more importantly, the fighting. You're listening to Acadiana's number one sports station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. It's Under the Dome with CD. Oh, hey, that's me. We'll be back with more after this. Played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Live and local from the 237 Roof Studios in Upper Lafayette, this is Acadiana's number one sports station, 1037 The Game. Streaming live on 1037thegame.com and on the free 1037 The Game mobile app. It's Saturday. Take a walk on the wild side and get your Saturday started with an inside look under the dome with the world-famous CD. Do you know who I am? I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. On 103.7 The Game. Welcome, everyone. Hour number two of two of Under the Dome with CD right here at Acadiana Sports Station 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. Underway live, as always, from the 237 Roof Studios presented by Lafayette Roofing. And trust me, for the roof to the roots of Acadia, they have got you covered whenever you look at Lafayette Roofing. That's 237 Roof, 237 7663. Give them a call to get some help with your roof. And, of course, you can call us up on the Arco Equipment Hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. That's how you can get in touch with us on the Arco Equipment Hotline. If you want to talk LSU, Saints, Astros, Cajuns, whatever you want to wind up talking about, we've got it open for you up until 1130. Of course, like I said, got a lot. we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got a lot of room to do so, so I'd recommend you call me up right now. And if you, even if you want to talk NBA playoffs, I know that's something that a lot of people have called up about in the past, is the fact that they've got uh, – I've wanted to enjoying a lot of the NBA playoffs, but my goodness, last night was a disappointing one. Because if you listen to Ben's show on, I believe, Thursday, after KD was out for the rest of the series – I said it was permitted to open a shut case that they were going to wind up doing so, and they, they, the Houston Rockets were going to win that series in advance of Western Conference Finals. It felt like an easy easy pick, open and shut case. Little did I know that that was going to be a take that is definitely deserving of putting up online right now and saying, hey, at freezing cold takes, at old takes exposed, have fun with this one because this is just a take that is pop on if you will. But it got me thinking this morning when I kind of just woke up the next morning and thought about the Golden State Warriors and their ability to close out on a strong note. And before I get to that, let's get to the Arco Equipment Hotline. I'm interested to see who this is going to be again. I don't have caller ID inside the 237 Roof Studios, so it's always a gamble to see who's on the line. So we can go to the Arco Equipment Hotline. 
I think the fact that I brought the Warriors, that might be Ken, but it could be teeing it up with T. Let's see who it is. What's going on? Hey, hi. This is Jay. Hey, Jay. What's up, brother? I'm doing well. Um, Hart, Hart, James Harden, man. I think the, um, the turning point in the game when he was called, when when that trash Draymond Green flopped, when um, when Harden pushed off on him late in the fourth quarter, and they called an offensive foul on Harden. Uh, it's time for the NBA, you know, to basically enforce their flop rule. Like they always talk about yes. it, but they never do it. Um, but at the same time, though, Harden can't give them he can't give them a reason to call that, and he gave him a reason to call that foul. Like, what are you doing? You know, um, Steph Curry, of course, he came up big, uh, especially in the second half. I know he was in foul trouble throughout the first half. Um, Capella, he didn't show up. He sold out. It's just that, that the makeup of the team is just they kind of limited to do it, you know, to kind of break the team yep. up and, and go out and get uh, major pieces because of the contract. Exactly. You know, he, no one's not going to get Chris Paul. Chris Paul is basically stuck there, you know, for the next three years. Exactly. You need to be able to kind of build some stuff around. But I have to agree with you more so on the take about the flop rule. They need to enforce that a lot more because you remember whenever they put out that flop rule saying, oh, hey, you're going to get fined every time Every time you flop. They have not enforced that hardly at all. That needs to be enforced a lot more. And I'd say levy some harder penalties on them rather than, oh, hey, a game check here and there. Enforce the rules and make them a lot more strict because, trust me, game checks aren't going to change anything when it comes to a lot of these players, especially a guy like Draymond Green who is just absolutely trash and constantly wants to flop. But at the same time, though, Harden gave him a reason. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, but he, once again, he, he didn't come up. He missed two crucial free throws. Yep. We had a three-point, uh, you know, three three free throw attempts, fouled on a three-point shot, and he even missed two of them. Yep. Uh, he, come on, man. You, you have to hit those shots. You know, it, it's, it's basically one of the freshest. It's like Harden can play when there's no pressure, but as soon as the pressure's on him, yeah. Harden just falls apart, man. He, he just kind of gets in gets in his own shell and just shuts himself down. I I get where you come from, Jay. I appreciate the call. I got another one behind the Arco Equipment Hotline. I'd say hypothetically, this is behind door number two. And I'm just to see where door number two wants to go. So let's open that door on the Arco Equipment Hotline. Of course, proverbially speaking, what's going on? Okay, I guess I waited too long. Captain Daltone on the Arco Equipment Hotline. I appreciate him calling on whoever that was. Call us back, 337-706-0111, under the dome with CD. And my goodness, you know, I want to get back to my take on the Golden State Warriors, and I'm going to get my thoughts on NBA playoffs again, probably in the next segment, but I brought the Golden State Warriors largely to lead into this. And this is something that I thought about this morning, last night, and as I started driving into the 237 Studios. And that is this. What's been the biggest issue for the Golden State Warriors has been injuries with Boogie Cousins, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, hopefully he'll be back for the Western Conference Finals. Seems like he will be, but that's not necessarily a guarantee. When you look at that series last night, when you look at the way it ended last night, Everybody stepped up. It's a bunch of alphas stepping their game up and getting things done. They were phenomenal 
in that situation. You know, they know they've been there before. But at the end of the day, sometimes it doesn't necessarily matter as much as when you've got guys who have that winning mentality, the heart and blood of winners, these guys who step their game up at such a high level, they can get it done. And that was a big thing that I just was frustrated about last night and Thursday night when I saw LSU. There's no alpha dog on this team. There's nobody there that can say, hey, you know, light the fire underneath somebody's ass and say, hey, guys, we aren't performing at the level that we need to. You know, a few weeks ago they had that meeting out in center field and they pointed towards the intimidator, which honestly at this point is the only intimidating thing at Alec Box Stadium because that's what championships are all about. You look at Golden State Warriors, they're not necessarily the most intimidating team in the world, but guess what? The fact that they've been able to perform at a consistent level and not really stop, that's been a big reason why they won that series because they know what it's like to be there and they're willing to be alpha dogs and be able to fight for the greater good every single time. We may hate the Golden State Warriors for being a dynasty, because of the whole Kevin Durant thing, because of the whole Boogie Cousins things, but guess what? They built themselves up the right way through the draft, through developing talent. Steph Curry, I remember seeing him back at Davidson, and this guy was one hell of a talent, draining threes like crazy. That was a big reason why I look forward to seeing him perform at high level in the NBA, and he's doing that. He's doing that with a lot of talent around him. Draymond Green, who I said was trash early, he's, he's good. But trust me, he's not necessarily the biggest reason why they're so successful. Klay Thompson is a huge reason why they're successful. Kevin Durant, who jumped ship to join the Warriors. Of course, everybody's going to poo-poo that and hate on that, but guess what? You know, That's how the NBA is set up now. If you can't beat them, join them. It's the worst thing about the NBA, but sometimes it is what it is when it comes to that. And when you look at LSU baseball, this is kind of the comparison I wanted to make. Golden State Warriors, a lot of championship teams have alpha dogs. Have somebody who's going to light the fire underneath you and make sure you can perform at the highest level possible. Once Zach Hess was out of that ball game and then they put him back in the bullpen, you took out the fire. You took Wild Thing and you put him out back and you make sure you just wait for him until the time is right. Mind you, there's no right time anymore. Palmineri should realize after last weekend, it's time to put Hess back in as a starter. Cole Henry's not ready yet to be a starter on Friday night. Maybe he'll be ready next week. We don't know yet. We could be maybe ready for the SEC tournament. Hell, he might not, he might not have to wait till the NCAA tournament, but then you don't even know if you can make it in if you keep losing the way they've been losing. This is like their fifth straight loss. It could very well be their sixth straight. If they can't get their head out of their behind and get things up, that's my biggest complaint. When it comes to LSU, there is a mentality around that team that feels like there's a bunch of nice guys, a bunch of clean-cut guys, and there's two nice, you know? If you've ever seen the movie Roadhouse, you know how whenever Patrick Swayze was talking to everybody and saying it's his rule was be nice. If you want to, if you throw in somebody else, be nice. Until it's time to not be nice. That's the mentality I feel like LSU baseball has needed to have for about the last month to be nice, 
until it's time to not be nice. And I say the time to not be nice is when you're out on the baseball diamond. You need to be able to get wins whenever you can. Yes, midweek games don't necessarily matter in terms of RPI when you're LSU, but guess what? You look at the numbers that you've put up against teams like UNO, like the Raging Cajuns, you should be able to really pad your stats in this kind of series. I am telling you right now, LSU baseball is in a rough state of mind. They need to get their head out of their ass and be able to step their game up at such a high level that they're dominating opponents left and right every which way, and I am just absolutely frustrated with it. People know I'm a big, much more a big fan of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They definitely have their issues as well. But you're seeing it at a much larger scale when you look at LSU and the way they've just gotten there. Behind handed to them over the last five games. You rallied back in the ninth on Sunday and you lost. Big whoop. One of the big things that Skip Burtman talked about a lot was flushing the commode, flush the commode, and move on from that loss and be able to get things done on Tuesday against La Tech. And you wouldn't be in the position you're in right now. You wouldn't see a lot of fans, a lot of former players frustrated right now. We're going to go to the Arco Equipment Hotline. Kind of trying to stop myself from working into a shoot. But, but we're going to go ahead and go to the Arco Equipment Hotline. What's going on? Captain Dalton again. My goodness. Whoever that is, he's, let's see if we can get him back on. One more time. Arco Equipment Hotline. Who we got? Hey, what's up, Arco Equipment Hotline? What's going on, 103.7 The Game? Oh, no, but you were talking about the uh, the basketball game earlier, what it was for, as far as Houston and Golden State. Yeah. And I'm like, why did people actually believe that Houston was going to win the next two games? You, you're basically looking at the same Golden State team before Kevin Durant, who won the championship. Yep. So, you know... Golden State really does not need Kevin Durant to do what they need to do. Kevin Durant needs Golden State more than they need him. I hope people realize this, and if they if they haven't realized it, they need to. And I think last night it really showed that. I think that last night was a big reason why that's a big thing that everybody's been talking about as of late when you look at the Golden State Warriors, Kevin Durant needs them a lot more because guess what? He can get those rings. He can have that as part of his legacy because at the end of the day, what's his biggest legacy? Is it going to be the fact that he was a really good player with the Oklahoma City Thunder or is it going to be the fact that he was on a really good team with the Golden State Warriors and winning championships and being able to carry that over to whatever team he's going to wind up going to in free agency during this offseason? Because I think that's where we're going to wind up being at at the end of the day. Exactly, exactly. You know, as good of a player and as great of a player, I should say, as Kevin Durant is, because I'm, I'm not trying to make it seem as if he's not a good player. He's a great player. But your legacy will not be championships. His legacy won't be the championships he's won with Golden State. It'll be whether or not he can go out and get a ring away from Golden State, a team with two definite all-stars and a third hanger on with, 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 with Green. There also, you know. So it's whether or not you can go and take that New York Knicks squad and bring them to a championship or wherever he may end up going. But the one that he's won with Golden State, yeah, you know, he's won them and he was a, a, a big part of winning them. But this team really does not need Kevin Durant to do what they need to do. Hey, this this is James, right? 
Hey, James, I appreciate the call, my man. I'm going to try and hit a commercial break, but I appreciate you coming on, man. All right, James, the Arco Equipment Hotline man, just knows what he's talking about when it comes to basketball. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm going to try and calm down, but I probably want to get even more hot when it comes to LSU baseball, 337-706-0111. If you want to jump in the line, the Arco Equipment Hotline, wide open until 1130. Blaine Henry, MMA Talk. We'll talk with him then. We'll be back with more after this right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. Every time CD takes the mic is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Now let's get back to Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 1037thegame.com. The Arco Equipment Hotline, like I said, it is wide open. 337-706-0111. If you want to talk some LSU baseball talk, NBA playoffs, anything goes. Before I get into anything else, I, I got to bring this up. Last night, my goodness, what the hell was going on out in Ruston, Louisiana? In case you missed it, last night you had an absolute like pull-apart brawl between the La Tech Bulldogs and Western Kentucky at the end of the ball game. You had the final play was a it was a strikeout, as to do with swinging. Apparently, on the back swing wound up catching the catcher hitting the catcher and it wasn't intentional at least from what I could tell and then right after that he walks away kind of is frustrated after obviously striking out to end the ball game not exactly the way you want to end things on a on a Friday night all of a sudden all the players start just kind of huddling over apparently somebody said something I don't know who said something but then all hell breaks loose and this is kind of what you heard I'm going to turn it down because I know we have a little, I think we might add a few swear words later on in that. So I'm just kind of covering my backside on that one. But you can check it out online. Corey Diaz put it out on Twitter. There's also a complete unedited video of that. And trust me, there were a lot of a lot of words we can't say on the air. And my goodness, I talked about in the last segment, fire. I talked about how it, we need to see a lot more fire from LSU. I'll tell you right now, the fire from that team last night, I think you could pretty much transfer that over to LSU. I'd say you would not be in this situation. No way, no how. Because I feel like what we're seeing from LSU right here, right now, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a team that just cannot get out of their own way. And it's frustrating for a lot of fans to think about that. You know, I'll agree with them. I'll stand by them and say, hey, I want this team to succeed. I want this team to get better when you look at LSU. But I feel like their issues are the fact that there's not enough fire. I feel like there should be a big conversation like before the game today. I feel like Paul Maneri, in that locker room, there should be a, he should be basically taking everybody and standing in front of each other 
and just looking, have them stand right in front of each other. Have two players, obviously, and just like have them all stand in front of each other and say these words. And I'm gonna another movie reference here, but why not? It's definitely a motivator that I feel like these guys should have a lot of motivation to be able to say this with a lot of confidence and a lot of stuff from the marbles, from, from their plums. Let's go with that. And I absolutely love this. This should be the rallying cry for this team if they want to avoid getting swept tonight and avoid losing to UNO on Tuesday and then also get ready for a three-game set against Auburn. This should be set every single game from this point on if this works. I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. That's what I want to see from LSU. Have a lot of pride because you're wearing the purple and gold, a team that has a massive legacy whenever you look at LSU. LSU baseball has that intimidator with all those title wins up there. You tell me that's not enough motivation? What the hell is going on where you have... The 2009 National Championship team, 10 years ago, they won. They had a lot of alphas on that team. Anthony Renato definitely is a big highlight that everybody talks about. All the players that were on the 2009 roster, they were phenomenal. They were amazing. And you know why? Because they knew how to win when it matters and win games when you can. Because there's a number of games on the schedule, especially the midweek games, those may not matter in terms of RPI, but guess what? They matter in terms of statistics and making yourself look really, really good for the MLB drive. You didn't have this team hyped up at all times. Everybody after a home run, they're like, oh, good job, good job. And this is a high five. So like, you need to have people just full on just energy. I want to see energy from a K, from a LSU staff that I don't think they have anymore. And again, it's largely because to me, they are, and I think if we did word association and I said LSU baseball, I'd have about one word to say about them. And that's a big reason why I feel like there's a lot of disappointment. They are soft. Then again, you could put that to some of the culture in 2019. A lot of people are soft and they can't handle the frustration. They can't handle... The pressure, they can't handle the heat, and they should stay out of the damn kitchen sometimes. And honestly, I think I'm going to just go ahead and end it, and we're going to go for the trifecta here for movie references and go Major League Two here on you. You know, you have no... You have no... Marvelous! Marvelous? Marvelous! You have no marvelous! Huevos? I love the, just the frustration that he has the second he says, like, huevos. He finally realizes what he means by marbles. I think that's what this team is missing. They don't have the marbles. They're very much just sitting there like, oh, man, like we lost the, all these games. They need to get off of their ass and say, hey, we still got a chance to achieve all of our goals. That's where I'm at. They've still got a chance to achieve their goals. But trust me, they've got an uphill climb at this point, and this team needs to have marbles and have a lot of pride to be able to succeed. We're going to go to the Arco Equipment Highline with some quickness. Who we got? This is Bob. How you hey, doing? Bob. What's going on? Well, if, you pull, if, if you're pulling up movie clips, you might as well pull up Bull Durham. And 
the, the famous the famous shower scene when they throw the bats at the players in the showers. Yep. They lollygagged the first. They lollygagged the second. They lollygagged the third. They lollygagged the home. What do you think we have here, boys? Bunch of lollygaggers. <laughs> I think that's perfectly. I think that's perfectly put, Bob. I appreciate the call, my man. All right, bud. All right, that was, Bob. Just some fantastic stuff. I completely forgot about Bull Durham for a minute. Mind you, I'm always going to go straight to Major League Two because this team has no marbles. They're lollygaggers. They need pride, and they're soft. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Back after this, Blaine Henry talking UFC 237 next. Most sports radio shows go up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome with CD goes one higher. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These guys are 11. Now, back to the show that brings the heat on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD, live inside the 237 Roof Studios, as always. And man, oh man, have I got a lot to talk about in the world of MMA. It's UFC 237. It's going to be one hell of a fight card tonight. And by the way, I give you some info about where you can check that out tonight with us here at 1037 The Game. But in the meantime and in between time, I usually talk with Dave Doyle of MMAJunkie.com about the world of MMA, but I want to meet somebody a few weeks ago who loves the fight game as much as anybody that I know, and that is Blaine Henry. The guy covers MMA unlike any other, especially in terms of the state of Louisiana. Also knows a little bit about boxing as well. Combat sports aficionado Blaine Henry. What is going on, my good brother? Clint, my man, what is happening? Man, I told you, like I said at the program event, if they're fighting, I'm going to watch it. And UFC 237 this weekend, they're fighting. I'm going to watch it. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it as well. Give you some deets. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, got to look back at UFC 236. Wound up seeing some 100,000 pay-per-view buys well under what everybody expected, especially with the distribution deal with the four-letter network. Definitely some issues ordering it in terms of being able to order it over the app. Had to go to your desktop to do that. But will that affect the long-term business in your mind? Uh, you know, and it was a great night of fights, too. You had Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum, which is one of the best fights I've ever seen. Um, Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway, two huge draws. But I think the issue was, first of all, um, knowledge. A lot of people did not know that, hey, we got to order this on ESPN now. You can't go through your cable provider. And second, ESPN made it a really big pain to buy this card. Like, it's almost like they didn't want you to buy it, which is ridiculous. Um, as for the future, you know, I mean, this card, uh, it, it's a great card, uh, especially for, like, hardcore fight fans. you got a bunch of legends on it. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it'll do too much better, honestly. Um, and I, I hate to say that because Rose Namajunas and Anderson Silva's on it and stuff like that. Who knows? Anderson Silva and Aldo might, might bring in some more buys. And I think it should bring in some more buys, especially in the international world, because of the fact that you've got, obviously, Anderson Silva there, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I think, to me, that's probably the fight that I'm most looking forward to. And I want to ask you, in terms of just strictly Anderson Silva, how much longer do you think he winds up going in this game? If he wins this card, if he wins this fight, he's done, I think. 
Oh, wow. Bold statement right there. Blaine Henry, MMA expert. Dude just knows what he's talking about. But, man, Anderson Silva, his last fight potentially, if he wins that in the co-main event, oh, my goodness, it's a pretty much, I'd say, a three-fight card if you love legends with Jose Aldo going at it, 26-4. and four. Alexander, probably going to mispronounce his name, Alexander Volkanovsky. This guy definitely seems like a young guy, 19-1, and one, phenomenal. It's going to be a fun fight between those two in the featherweight division. Oh yeah, Jose Aldo is a monster. He's a uh, he he's the second best guy in the uh, featherweight division next to Max Holloway who beat Jose twice. Um we all know Jose from the guy that Conor McGregor knocked out in 13 seconds, but before that, Aldo dominated featherweight. There was nobody for him to fight. He dominated in WEC before the UFC bought WEC. Aldo is a freak of nature. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but he doesn't use it because it's striking so good. And this fight with Volkanovski, Volkanovski is a great contender, but Aldo's been killing contenders that can't fight with Max. Um, he beat Jeremy Stevens last, and he just beat Hanato Moicano, who was another great um, featherweight prospect. So Aldo's on a tear here. I'm going to go with Aldo on this one. I'd lean there as well on that one. And then we got to talk about Alves, his fight, going to be up against a young up-and-comer, 8-1, and one, Loriano Staropoli, I guess, is how you pronounce that thing. But I'm looking forward to that one as well. It seems like a, an, a legend kind of, again, a lot like what we're seeing with Silva. feels like maybe Alves could be – kind of closing things out soon. Yeah, Tiago Alves is a beast. He's been in the game for a long time. But Laureano Staropoli is a he, – he, he's one of the best prospects in the welterweight division too. They've got so many young stars that don't have names yet um, that I, you have to follow from the beginning because that's the fun part, you know, watching watching the rise. Um, Tiago, he, he, he's, he's – I just don't know if he has it anymore. Um, I think Laureano takes this fight, and I think it goes to decision. Talk right now with Blaine Henry, our MMA expert. The guy knows what he's talking about. And looking over at some of the prelims coming up on Saturday, obviously BJ Penn is definitely one of the big headlines alongside Clay Guida in a big lightweight matchup. And BJ Penn, a bold statement earlier today, vowing, vowing, you heard me right, to win the UFC title again. Do you believe that? Do you think that's even possible? No, it's it's not possible. If you've watched any of BJ Penn's last fights, he's a shell of his former self. He's taken way too much damage. The game has passed him up. I mean, I love BJ as much as the next guy. He's he's captured two belts in two weight divisions. He wanted to fight at light heavyweight, for Christ's sake. The dude's a maniac. He's fighting Clay Guida. Clay's a great fighter, too. He's in the legend of the sport with the crazy hair. Um, but, yeah, BJ's not – he's just not where he used to be. Um, he's lightweight. you got to keep in mind who's at the top of the lightweight division. Lafayette's Dustin Poirier. Conor McGregor, and the champion, Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, it's hard to see BJ beating any of those guys for the title, and I don't see anybody besides those three guys having the title. Maybe Tony Ferguson, too, is another. That's the fourth guy. Um, I don't see any of those guys losing to BJ Penn at this point in BJ's career. Talking right now with Blaine Henry, our MMA expert right here on 103.7 The Game. And out of all the main events, I talked about a couple of them, obviously. You've got a women's strawweight title match, Andrade and Rose going to be facing off against each other. This one's probably going to be the one everybody's looking forward to, but out of all the card for UFC, UFC 237, what are you most looking forward to? I'm definitely looking forward most to Tiago Moises. This is on the prelim card. Tiago Moises versus Kurt Halibo. Um Kurt's from Denham Springs, Louisiana. I had a chance to interview him before his fight, and we talked about a bunch of, uh, you know, how Louisiana has such great talent for MMA, I mean, if you're looking, uh, you got Daniel Cormier, who's won two belts. you got Dustin Poirier. Um, Pat Barry sits in Rose Namajunas' corner, um, the champ that's fighting on this main card. 
I mean, we've got Liz Carmouche, who's from Lafayette, Louisiana. There's so much uh, talent, and I, I, I just get so hyped on <laughs> on Louisiana <laughs> talent to win. So I, I'm really excited about Kurt Halibo fighting this weekend. That should be one heck of a, of a matchup. And you brought up the fact that's going to be a prelim fight. Can't wait to see that. But, no, we got to talk about – you brought up Daniel Cormier. We want to go to him, the king of Fightville, I would say. And you had the big news come out a few weeks ago, Brock Lesnar retiring – meaning D.C. Miocic, the sequel, it's been made official. That'll be coming up later on in the summer in August. Is this going to be Cormier's last match? He talked about it potentially being all the way back in March. That was where he was thinking about Then he's like, man, I'm going to push it back a little bit further, make sure he can get ready. Also, in the meantime, he's doing a lot of great commentary for the UFC and making his way to Lafayette to support a New Orleans boy. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, of course, is this Cormier's last match in your mind? No, it's not going to be his last match. Um, Stipe Miocic is a very great opponent. He's the greatest heavyweight the UFC has ever seen um, inside of the UFC. And, and Daniel Cormier, he knocked him out in the first round, but I feel like he was getting busted up a little bit in that fight as well. So Stipe's a very tough matchup for him here. There's always a looming trilogy match with John Jones since John failed his drug test and that fight that lost to him at UFC 207, I believe it was, 217, something like that. Um, that fight was overturned to a no contest. So DC wants to fight John again. And rumor on the street is DC wants to fight him at heavyweight instead of light heavyweight. So instead of being at 205 where DC has to deplete himself, he fights much better at heavyweight. At uh, uh, the limit is 265, but you can weigh anywhere from 1 112 to 265. So DC feels like he has the advantage there at heavyweight, and I feel like he's going to take on John Jones against everyone's. Um, you know, no, nobody wants to see DC fight John again because, first of all, we don't want to see DC lose. Um, he's such a great guy. Uh, and second, it's just we're tired of hearing about DC and John. It's, um, it's, it's I'm over it. But if it were to happen, do you think it'd wind up working out for John Jones to be able to perform at the level that he's performed at in the past to be able to do so at the heavyweight division? Well, John cuts a lot of weight to get to light heavyweight too. I think he cuts excess of 20 pounds or more. Um, so DC has a lot of advantage going to heavyweight because he doesn't have to cut as much weight. John's going to get that same advantage here. If you look in the past, fighters that go up, they have a lot of success moving up in weight class, whereas if they go down, they have a harder time. Uh, case in point, beginning of the year, TJ Dillashaw went down to fight Henry Cejudo at, uh, at, at flyweight, and he got knocked out in the first round. And TJ's great, uh, but John Jones going up, It'll be the same kind of matchup, in my opinion. I mean, he, he, he's carrying over more power. He's going to have more pop. Um, and I don't want it to happen. I love DC to death, but please, man, I just I, I want to see you fight somebody else. Talk right now with Blaine Henry, our MMA expert. The guy knows what he's talking about. And he also knows a lot about boxing. He, you, we met a few weeks ago at the big pro-grade fight. He mentioned at the beginning of the interview. And my goodness, that got me a lot more intrigued in the sport of boxing than anything had in the last like couple of years, seeing Progre in that fight. Also, the Nito Donaire fight right before that was phenomenal. Definitely some great boxing going on at the Cajun of a couple weeks ago. But what's the state of boxing in your mind right now? Can it be back on the come-up despite the strong competition from the world of the MMA? Well, I wrote a piece on this uh, for the website I write for, cagesidepress.com. 
Um, the World Boxing Super Series, which is what we went to, they're doing a good job of changing. Uh, they're trying to do change boxing, I guess, and they're doing a great job with it. Uh, Alexander Usyk is one of the biggest names in the world right now. He's moving up to face heavyweight fighters. So I think the issue with boxing is the politics and the businessmen are running rampant through the sport and not letting the best fight the best. If you notice, what's the biggest cards? Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. People want to see the best fight the best. Canelo and Triple G have fought twice, and they've been giant pay-per-views. Um, what World Boxing Super Series does is they, they, they do it in a tournament style. Okay, So the best fight's the best because the best has to win. If you win, you're better than the other guy. So Regis Progre has to fight the winner of Ivan Baranchek and, and Taylor. That's a great fight. Okay, So... They've already won two fights or a fight, and they'll have run. Whoever wins will have won two fights. So that right there, the state of boxing needs to get closer to that. And the more and more popular World Boxing Super Series gets, I believe more and more people will be attracted to it because Calvin Smith is from World Boxing last season, and so is Alexander Usyk. Um, Regis Progre is on, on on the trajectory to be huge. Baranchik and Taylor are great prospects too. I, I think it's, it's a bright future. It really is a bright future, especially when you look at program and what he was able to do. The guy's got swagger like an MMA fighter. The guy was just out there dropping you-know-what bomb stuff we can't say on the radio. But my goodness, the man's got the swagger of 10,000 people. Then again, it shouldn't be any surprise considering the guy is from New Orleans. He's a New Orleans native, and the guy's phenomenal. And he brought the fact he could probably wind up moving up in weight class and being a more of a pound-per-pound fighter. Can he succeed in that? See, the fight for him is Vasily Lomachenko. Um, Lomachenko is the number one pound-for-pound fighter. I believe he's a weight class under uh, Regis, but Vassal wants to go up. Um, if Regis can take on Lomachenko, and let's say he beats him, Lomachenko's a tough task for anybody. The guy's got uh, footwork that makes Floyd Mayweather look like a child. He's, 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 he's one of the best boxers I've ever seen, and he's only, he's only been fighting since his 16th fight. Lomachenko is a monster. If Regis can have a fight with Vassal Lomachenko and even just give him a run for his money, Vassal's on the, he's on the trajectory for superstardom because he, he's fast. He's got great fight IQ. He's got power. The kid's got it all. I did an interview with him early last year, and Regis and me talked about it. He has a love for New Orleans. I mean, he talked about his, his benefit he does for kids in New Orleans, you know, growing up for sports and stuff like that. I mean, Regis is a great guy, and he's, he's a perfect name for boxing. Um, to, to get to get more people into boxing because he's just he's the kind of person that you want on the front of that. Hey, Blaine, before I let you go, why don't you let people know what's going on with you, where, where they can follow you, and how they can listen to you because you got a great podcast as well alongside all the stuff you write about for Cage Side Press. Yes, yes. So, so you can find me at cagesidepress.com where I cover major MMA news. You can find me at my MMA news where I cover regional MMA, Twitter, Blaine Henry MMA, B-L-A-I-N-E-H-E-N-R-Y-M-M-A. And last, you can find me on the Fight Library podcast. I do interviews, fight breakdowns. Um, I've got an interview coming up with Wilson Hayes. Uh, he, he's former title contender at Flyweight there. That should be dropping later this week. But, yeah, that's where you can find me, man. Blaine, appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. All right, that was Blaine Henry. You can follow him on Twitter once again. Like he said, Blaine Henry. Henry MMA, the guy is just a wealth of knowledge. It was great catching up with him today. 
I can't wait to have him on again, probably in the next few weeks, because trust me, we got the summer of fight getting ready to kind of start stirring up, obviously, International Fight Week in July and everything in between. Before we take a quick commercial break, one more thing. Twin Peaks on Johnson is where you want to be to enjoy UFC 237 live and in living color, each drink, scenic views, and all the fights. You do not want to miss out. I'll be there. RP3 will be there. Maybe we can get Cody Shoots to come all the way down from New Roads to enjoy the fights. But, hey, guess what? Either way, come on out and pass a good time at Twin Peaks on Johnson Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views, and Fighting! Going to take a quick commercial break. Wrap up the show next. You're listening to Under the Dome with Clint Doming right here on 103.7 The Game. Antenna TV Acadiana, over the air, channel 32.2. Join KDCG TV at Randall's Restaurant Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. for another taping of Le Bonton Roulette. Dance to the music of the Jambalaya Cajun Band. Come out to Randall's, dance, and be a part of the show. Then watch Le Bonton Roulette Tuesday nights at 6 and Sunday afternoons at 2.30 on KDCG TV. Don't miss our next taping, Thursday night, May 16th at 6 p.m. Enjoy music by the Jambalaya Cajun Band. That's Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. See you at Randall's. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.5%, APR 4.78%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Seeing the smiling faces of Happy Go Auto customers after they've saved hundreds on their car insurance makes my day. Go Auto's goal is to make sure you don't overpay for your car insurance. Go Auto has less overhead. No commissioned agents, and we pass those savings along to you in the form of lower down payments and lower monthly payments. No company is the least expensive every time, and Go Auto is no exception. However, our customers tell us we are the lowest cost car insurance company most of the time. How will you know unless you call 233 1000 for a fast free quote? That's 233 1000, or go online to goautoinsurance.com and start saving money immediately. You save time, plus you get to have fun spending your newfound cash. So make the call today, 233-1000. Ready, set, go, go, go auto, go, go, go auto. 1037 The Game is in Katiana Sports Station. And we go wherever you go with the free 1037 The Game mobile app. The app has me connected all the time. Catch the live stream anytime or listen on demand to all of your favorite live and local shows. Download the app. The 1037 The Game mobile app keeps you connected to all our blocks and the Clubhouse Rewards Club, where you can win spectacular prizes. Play clock at 2. Download the free 1037 The Game mobile app today. Presented by Visit Avery Island. From the preps, I gave it a uh, a ten, a ten to the pros. And everywhere in between, let's get back under the dome with the world famous CD on Acadiana Sports Station, one zero three seven. The game.
Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on Acadia and a Sports Station 1037 the game and 1037thegame.com live from the 237 Roof Studios. Hopefully you have a great Saturday. We're getting ready to wrap things up in a nice little bow. And my goodness, just what a great interview from Blaine Henry. MMA Talk, UFC 237 coming up tonight. But of course, there's a lot more going on this weekend. We've got tomorrow, Trailblazers up. Uh, my goodness, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Trailblazers, Denver Nuggets in the in the Western Conference semifinal and the Eastern Conference semifinal matchup. 76ers, Raptors, winners are going to be taking on the Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors, which is going to be one heck of a conference finals, I, I believe. I'm looking forward to that one, it, be it the Sixers or the Raptors. This will be one hell of a series. And I think the Boston, the Milwaukee Bucks, excuse me, they definitely have a chance to wind up trying to shock the system and throw things into a whole nother level when it comes to a potential NBA Finals matchup between the Golden State Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks. I feel like that's the one team that could wind up dethroning them if you look at just who's left in the NBA playoffs. Because Trailblazers, they're damn good. They've been playing at a really good clip as of late, but I feel like they're going to be running into a brick wall when it comes to the Portland, to, comes to the Golden State Warriors, when that series winds up starting, I don't know exactly when, but I know you know we got two more games left, and those will be going down on Sunday, Game Sevens. That's one heck of a way to kind of end things up in the second round of the NBA playoffs, and I'm just so glad that we actually had Game Sevens because one of the big things I talked about a few weeks ago was how you know the playoffs were kind of boring. And then last Friday turned things completely around, and I have been enjoying the hell out of it because, well, you have – the Nuggets Trailblazers game last Friday go four overtimes could have very well have gone five, and it was insane to see Nikola Jokic out there going like over sixty minutes, playing over an hour. And he's been really, really good in this entire series. Trailblazers forced Game Seven. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do if the, if it's the Nuggets. I think it's going to be a sweep for Gold State. They get there with the greatest of ease. When it comes to the 76ers Raptors series Game Seven. I think regardless of who wins, they're going to give the Milwaukee Bucks a whole lot of like problems. I think that this is going to wind up being one of the more intriguing series overall. I think it winds up being a seven-game series in the Eastern Conference Finals regardless of who they face off against. When it comes to Golden State Warriors, if KD is 100% ready to go for the Western Conference Finals, it's because I believe calf strain is typically about a five-day rest period before like you can pretty much say he can come back. It was just a calf strain, thankfully. If it was Achilles, then I'd be concerned about them making the playoffs at all, but it looks like making the making the NBA Finals, excuse me, they already hit the playoffs. But like I said, just a whole lot of fun stuff to talk about when it comes to the, the NBA playoffs. Obviously, you got that going on. You've also got, my goodness, Saints minicamp for rookies. Started yesterday, I talked about it at the end of the 10 o'clock hour. Might as well just kind of recap the poll question, because that's definitely has been a fun talking point, at least between me and a couple other people. That is, which Saints rookie are you most looking forward to seeing? 71% are going Eric McCoy. You got 14% going Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, 15% other. No replies with their choice, so okay, you know, I know who they're pulling for in that sense. But I would definitely say Eric McCoy is the guy that I'm most looking forward to seeing. I think Emmanuel Butler is a guy that I'm intrigued about, but I don't know a whole heck of a lot about him. I guess it's the fact that, you know, I've heard a lot of things about this guy from the people that I talk to on a regular basis about New Orleans Saints. 
guy out of Northern Arizona, wide receiver, could wind up being a huge part of this program. But honestly, I have enjoyed kind of keeping an eye on what's going on with rookie minicamp. And honestly, I think you wind up seeing him maybe. I think he has the potential to be the 53-man roster more so as a special teams guy. But I think he could wind up being a big deal when it comes to being an a guy who adds some wide receiver depth to this roster because it feels like there there might be some missing. And I could be completely wrong about that, but I think that's just where I'm at. Tremendous show today, the second episode of Under the Dome with CD. My goodness, a big one. It was well worth it. Thanks to Braden Hawkins, Ben Creighton, and Blaine Henry. The Killer Bees were in full effect today. Hopefully you enjoyed it just as much as I did bringing it to you. We'll be back with you same bat time, same bat channel next Saturday with Under the Dome with CD. It's always fun right here on 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. Peace! Oh yeah, kick it!